You're listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. Hello world, welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. Growing up in Regina, Saskatchewan, we were known for being the breadbasket of Canada due to our agricultural industry. Most of the jobs you would aspire to land in the city were related to exports like wheat, grain, potash, or if you were fortunate, you would work for one of the city crown corporations like Sask Power or SaskTel. That was over a couple decades ago, and Regina has grown as well as diversified their job portfolio since then. There are new businesses popping up readily, and I had the great pleasure to sit down with a few gentlemen from one of those rapidly growing startups as they started and shared their experience of leaving the cushy corporate world to become an entrepreneur and follow their passion. Before I hit play on that conversation, we need to hear, though, a brief word from one of our LAE sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Krugo, because the million-dollar question is always, where will your crew go? Now, I know you're probably asking yourself, Lucas, Krugo, is this some sort of shipping company? Is this a a new type of protein bar? Would you dare bring on a competitor to your beloved Perfect Bar team? Don't worry, I would not do such a thing. The protein-packed bar that just oozes that scrumptiousness peanut butter will not be overtaken in that sponsor category. Krugo, spelled K-R-U-G-O, is the brainchild of Kirk Morrison and Andrew Creighton, two Regina boys that had a dream to create an app to make it possible for people everywhere to ignite inspiration and simplify planning for the real-life experiences that they love the most. The result was the app Krugo. The idea is simple and easy, which isn't always the case when you plan big group events. In fact, it usually is never the case because you always have someone in the group that just wants to do their own thing or hates splitting room costs or doesn't like your preference of pump-up jams to blast in preparation of every activity in order to get in the right mind space because you know you are doing something good for the group, but you just get attitude from people instead. This is all hypothetical, of course. I'm just assuming this would happen in a group setting. But planning for groups is tough, and that's where Krugo comes in. The Krugo app is a digital HQ where you can work with your friends to find events going on in your travel city, purchase tickets, book accommodations, and share expenses, all within the friendly confines of the app. Now, I know we are living in a world right now where traveling and meeting in large groups is a little let, less desired than it was, say, six months ago. The folks at Krugo, though, are as adaptable as they come and are continuing to build recommendations and tailor the experience to the current socially distant environment. You can download Krugo for your iOS or Android devices, or just go to krugoapp.com and start planning your next adventure. Krugo the ultimate answer to the procrastinating friend.
Welcome back to Luke Zaski Experience. My guests on today's podcast are, are from my hometown of Regina. So that is reason enough to be excited, but the things they are doing in growing their business, taking their story across the country, and being named one of the top startups to watch in 2019 and 2020 definitely puts me to shame. However, whatever puts Regina on the map and into the spotlight, I'm all on board for. So I'm proud to welcome through the interwebs by the CEO of Krugo and VP of Development, Mr. Kirk Morrison, and Mr. Lindsay Isaac. Gents, welcome to the LA podcast. Hey, Lucas. Hey, thanks for having us. Now, before we jump in, I'm giving the LA faithful listening here a little sneak behind the curtain and, and see how the sausage is really made. Um, this isn't the, actually the first time we've chatted uh, on, the, on this very podcast. We connected about a year ago. It's great conversation. Some of the best conversation I've had in my life. I'm not even making that up. The energy was up. The questions are flowing. Kirk was educational. Lindsay was entertaining. Uh, I was excited to share the podcast with you, the LA faithful. Little did I find out that the recording actually cut out 15 minutes into the conversation. But a month later, we tried to recreate the magic and yet, and had another great conversation. And what do you know? I had some technical challenges and the episode did not record. But third time, I do hope is the charm. Uh, Kirk, Lindsay, I appreciate you you giving me a third chance because ultimately in business, you, you don't always get second chances, definitely not third chances. So I appreciate you, uh, you, you bringing me back. That description reminded me of that Tenacious D song, like the best song in the world. It's like, it was the best podcast in the world. This is not it, but we were talking about the best podcast ever. But this isn't it, but it was the best. <laughs> we'll have to see if we can try to get back to that level. Yes. So all new questions, all new jokes, uh, except the, the one that I made related to the Chicago Bulls um, that I'll, I'll touch on later in this episode. I really liked that joke. Uh, so I want to recreate that uh, that magic here today. First of all, in this this time of COVID, I think I want to just ask each of you how you how you're doing. So um, just want to hear how things are going you personally in the business. So Kirk, uh, feel free to uh, to go first. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been tough for us for sure. We we've got a business that's largely built around travel and live events and entertainment. So. Those are some of the hardest hit uh, aspects of, of our lives and everyone's lives through COVID-19. So it's been a bit tough for us, um, you know, certainly through the early days of COVID and now is, you know, we're kind of hitting, hitting the long tail of that, a long road ahead, um, likely in terms of seeing uh, the live events that we all know and love kind of coming back and, and travel levels kind of getting back to where they were. Um, that said, um, we're really fortunate that uh, we're able to kind of keep our team together. We've got, you know, a fairly long runway to be able to kind of work towards, uh, you know, what our vision for the product is and, um, you know, hope to be, to be there when the travel market does recover and, and, you know, be there with a product that kind of helps people get back to normal. So, um, you know, it's tough times slugging through that though, like just <laughs> stuff to be working on something that, you know, is not really able to help anybody right now, the product that we created and, you know, we're just starting to hit our stride with, um, you know, really any sort of activity in terms of the app kind of fell out um, just because of the circumstances, not a lot of utility in the app. So that's, that, that hurts. That's tough. Um, some days to work through that. Um, but, you know, we've got a great team. We're kind of plugging away and we're optimistic for the future. So um, you know, I think that's all we can really do. Lindsay, how, how are things uh, on, on your end uh, just kind of overall during this time? Yeah. I mean, 
at least as far as work goes, it's kind of lucky me being on the development side. It's like, yeah, COVID hit, but it's not like we didn't have stuff to do, right? We always have stuff that we're working on that we want to put into the app. So it, from one perspective, you could even say it kind of helped because it let us um, maybe pump the brakes a little bit and then take a little bit of, a little bit more time and, and focus on some things that we really wanted to get in the app. And we didn't have urgency in terms of this has to go out in a week and this needs to be three weeks and all this stuff. So um, it did let us catch up a lot on, on things that we kind of wanted to put in. So, I mean, that's kind of the nice takeaway from it. Um, on the personal side though, I mean, at least it hit in summer or I guess start in winter, but in summer. So you could still, I could still golf. <laughs> I could play soccer outside, all kinds of stuff. As you know, winter up here, uh, I'm dreading if COVID is going to kick around all winter because there will be nothing to do in Regina when it's minus 40. So it's good so far, but a little bit nervous about what's coming. Do you think that obviously you, you see a lot of like outdoor patios kind of being erected, um, whether it be restaurants or outdoor dining, do you think you can build like an igloo structure for the minus 40 degrees that would allow people to be outside still, but in somewhat, temperate environments if maybe if you had incredibly well ventilated igloos i'm not <laughs> sure what the ventilation is like in, in a giant igloo. okay I, I i haven't tried that but maybe that's uh that could be an endeavor we know you guys have been diversifying your portfolio at krugo of what you're specializing in that may be an, an another area that you can uh, go down there's a will there's a way i guess i wanted to talk to you about Pivoting your, your business, obviously, you're, you're focused so heavily on travel, kind of building that ultimate, ultimate experience for users and, and creating this app to really make traveling a lot easier, more streamlined, and especially in big groups. And obviously, those things are kind of not happening at the moment. Um, but this summer, you kind of took an endeavor of creating a mu music festival. So I, I want you to kind of walk me through the, this process of not only, not only like coming up with the idea, like building the, the, the plan for it, outlining, executing, getting permits, and all this within like 54 days, I believe I read. Like this is nuts. Like you, you plan Lollapalooza years in advance. You built this in 54 days. So, so tell me, what, uh, how did this come to be? Yeah, I mean, so I guess just what, you know, what it was is Krugo Fest was the event that we decided to put on. We kind of had some some late summer inspiration for a way that we could make live music happen, um, you know, amidst the kind of public health orders that are in place with COVID-19. Uh, essentially, the idea was, could we take uh, a hotel, book out an entire side of it, it a hotel that had, had balconies, use those balconies as private box suites for people to kind of come and have a live music experience. So we found a, a rooftop. Uh, down below, kind of adjacent to the hotel. We craned up all this state, all the kind of staging and production equipment. Uh, and then we sold all the rooms in groups of four so people could kind of attend with their, their bubble, their friends, their family. They got a catered meal. They got the room for the night. They could bring all their own, you know, drinks and snacks. Uh, they got the, the concert experience from the balcony. Um, and it, it was, you know, it was real kind of light sound production. So it wasn't kind of some of the drive-in concerts that we've been seeing a little bit, but it was, it was a kind of a, a more of a summer music festival experience that people had really been, you know, dreaming of, I guess, or missing with COVID-19. So the, the idea of it just kind of came to us, um, you know, because we, we worked out of an office space that was attached to the hotel. We saw these balconies empty. Nobody was staying at the hotel day in, day out, empty balconies. 
you know, we're, we're always thinking about live entertainment, big events. That's kind of our world. Um, and just kind of had some inspiration. Um, idea was born over beers, could have died over beers, but, um, we, we said, you know, maybe there's a way that we could actually make this work. It was, it was a journey and it was a grind for, yeah, just the, the better part of two months, um, to get it pulled off. But in the end, um, we had, you know, four, four different concerts, had over 1500 people come out to the event. We raised some money for the, the local food bank, uh, and supported a lot of really hard hit, uh, businesses in, in industries that are really suffering right now. So everyone from, you know, certainly the artists themselves, the folks at the hotel, the catering companies, the staging and production companies, um, you know, security company that we use all the vendors, um, you know, generally they make all of their, you know, you know, all of their business during the summer season, during the kind of festival season, um, had their businesses really impacted. But through this, we were able to get some people back to work, which was something we're really proud of. I was amazed when I initially saw the concept and then the actual execution from the photos and, and the videos, it was just like, it felt like an authentic concert experience or a festival experience that you would get in a bigger market or just one that's been planned for months on end. So uh, how did you kind of all collectively kind of come together and, and pull this off? Or other duties as assigned was being um, definitely flexed. Yeah. Being, being flexed to the max. So Lindsay, talk to me of your head of development or VP of development. What were you plugging in on during these uh, particular weekend executions? I was the last one to help because I was so skeptical about the idea that I was just like, there's no way this is going to happen. This is crazy. So finally, when it was happening, I was like, all right. I just basically told, because Kirk was uh, maybe the most stressed man in the world at the time. So I just said, like, tell me whatever you need. Basically be your secretary for the next few weeks, whatever it is. And then what that ended up being was, I don't know what you'd call it, basically like a customer service representative, we're being honest, just dealt with all of the, any incoming stuff from guests or questions or even trying to get a hold of people. And I mean, a lot of the stuff around safety protocols took some coordination, right? So we had to figure out who was showing up when so that not everybody would show up at the hotel to check in at the same time, all that, all that stuff. So, um, I mean, I went from writing code to dealing with people at all <laughs> times. So that was, you know, a bit of a change for a, for a developer, but I'm sure, I'm sure you loved every part of that. <laughs> I, I actually don't, I don't mind doing it as, I mean, in a small window like that, it's just so funny how different it is from my day to day because I could go multiple days without speaking to anybody, even in my own company. It was just a little bit of a blast from the past from when Lindsay was uh, the 10 time running employee of the month at Blockbuster back in the day and was dealing with people day in and day out. Exact same skill set. I'm sure your your movie knowledge was immense there, and I'm sure your your knowledge of the overall customer experience uh, for Krugo Fest was was top notch. I can tell you, I I made up just as much stuff on the fly in both jobs. <laughs> I I think that's success in a customer service rep role. It's all about making and making people believe it because they'll they will believe anything if you say it confidently. So that's basically this podcast of mine in a nutshell. I mean, KrugoFest in general, one of the, the wildest parts to me was as it was going on, because I mean, we talked before it even started before the first show on the one Thursday, we were kind of like, you know, how many things did we miss? How many things did we not think about? What, what's going to blow up? How's it going to go wrong? And it just never did. 
And then we got, you know, Saturday show rolls around the second show and we got people waiting in line and they're, they're just like, so, uh, which city are you guys doing next? I'm like, what? Like, Oh, like, you know, what are you guys going to Edmonton or, or Winnipeg? And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. We're a software company. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, we don't throw events for a, like, this is not what we do. And they're like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> to, to that extent though, because of the success, I'm, I'm sure you've got the question uh, quite a bit. Like, are you, is that something that you could potentially endeavor? Like, would you want to get in that business either full-time or a little bit more part-time Kirk? kind of during the event at like before you know when we were kind of in the midst of it one of the shows had happened we had three more rolling the questions already started you know are you going to keep this rolling is there a possibility to do more shows at, at this venue or in other venues in canada and just <laughs> capacity wise we had a lot of software that we needed to get back to so you know for us it was a bit challenging to keep that rolling and it was also just a you know matter of time kind of we were approaching the end of the summer season um so not a lot of an ability to kind of um, get much more going given the t- limited time frame we had left. But, um, you know, I think we created a model that's pretty unique. And I think whether it's us running with it or whether we find other partners who want to kind of work with us, um, you know, it could be a model that if we're still in the same situation in terms of public health orders with COVID-19 uh, next spring and summer as we are right now, which, you know, realistically very well could be the case, uh, there could be an opportunity to kind of expand that model, um, make it more of a uh, you know, a North American wide, um, you know, event and concept, but I think, uh, you know, likely we would, we would, we'd try to find some pros who could kind of take some of the burden off us and, and work with us. I think it was, you know, we, uh, we learned a lot of new skills. I think it was an experience that we'll all remember, uh, likely forever. Um, I think it was something really unique and it was a bit of a bright spot during, you know, perhaps another, you know, otherwise kind of, you know, boring, dull summer with, you know, everything going on with COVID. But, um, you know, I think there, there is something there and it could be something that could be expanded. Awesome. So we've talked a little bit about Krugo Fest, but let, let's get back to software of, of what you guys uh, originally built and, and are still building kind of today. It's a changing landscape, but you're still working on things and kind of building the overall experience. And uh, one thing I wanted to, to call out, that was on your website, the the phrase of focus on the experiences that actually motivate people to travel. Uh, I bolded it in my notes because, A, it's, it's extremely catchy, first off. At the Luke Sask experience, we're all about experiences. So uh, I like to dissect them to the core. Um, so what I would love to kind of take a, a few minutes here is, uh, especially, Lindsay, uh, uh, from a development standpoint, and what are you working on today and kind of how is the experience of your current customer and hopefully future customer kind of playing into the work that you are, are, are tackling? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole customer experience thing, I guess it's kind of nice for me working on it. I mean, Kirk, the very first time Kirk ever told me about Krugo was, what, a year and a half prior to me even working on it? He like super early concept and he just wanted me because he knew that I was a sports fan and I like to travel to go watch sports. So don't know this concept. And I was obviously like, yes, this is fantastic. Love the idea. So now to be working on it, it's kind of nice because, you know, Kirk and I both are the target audience where we do go on trips to go to sports, to go to events, whatever it might be. And usually in a group setting where, you know, you got all the coordination, logistics issues, all that stuff. So um, it's kind of nice to be developing stuff and thinking like, what do I want out of this product? So um, 
right now what we're working on is um, actually should be out pretty soon here. Maybe by the time this is released um, is a feature that we're calling guides. So you might've heard that, you know, Apple and, and Google kind of just scooped us a little bit and, and released their own guides with the latest iOS, but um, you know, just something where you can curate or, or get individuals from a community who, who may know very well, you know, what are the best restaurants, what are the best um, clubs to go to, best bars, all that stuff. Combine all those things because we have that ability. It doesn't have to just be restaurants. It could be a mix of things. Um, as far as sports fans go, if, if I'm going to, you know, I'm going to San Fran, I want to know, or maybe I can make a guide that's what, what are the best places to go around a Giants game? So, you know, well, here's the best places before the game. Here's a few places to hit after the game. Garaje, amazing Mexican tacos. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that people need to know about. So, uh, you know, I think our whole, the whole kind of background behind it is that sometimes like a, an experience like that, going to a, a prof professional sports event, a college game, whatever that might be, it doesn't necessarily start and end with the start and end of the game. It usually, you know, it's a whole day experience. It's, it's about what you do before, what you do after and the people that you meet. So uh, it features, you know, a lot around that. So the, the, the guide experience, because I think it, it definitely plays into just kind of overall what you see with kind of active, not just Apple's and Google's of the world, but creating kind of personalized recommendations, personalized experiences for users of how do you constantly evolve and build that. And I think the guide concept is, is a great example of taking local knowledge and, and, uh, extrapolating that over to your existing customer base and then trying to use additional recommendations. Um, so how are you kind of constantly looking to provide based on my kind of behaviors in the app and taking that to recommend me other places to go or, or other things to see? Yeah, right now it's going to be, um, you know, it's a little trickier for us with, uh, um, behavioral patterns, especially with COVID, because I mean, how often are you using uh, Krugo at the moment? Probably not very. Um, but yeah, as you as you give us more information on what you like, you know, if we know that you're a fan of of uh, you know the Giants or whoever it might be, we can we can definitely tailor things directly to you and give you guides that you know. Here, somebody wrote this guide that's specifically for this band that you have told us that you like, or this band that we know that you've gone to see because you've you know, bought tickets through the app, whatever it might be. Um, so there's all those ways to target people just based on behavior, but we kind of just need that tipping point of, you know, get rid of COVID so we can have people using it regularly <laughs> enough where they're going and doing stuff. But the nice thing about guides is that we're hoping that it also helps uh, locals less, less for travel and, and just as much for, for people who might live in the Bay area, who it's just like, you know, maybe somebody has got a guide for, for some good, taco places that I wouldn't know about go in there and, and you can get some of those local uh, users that way. So hopefully that, uh, that moves the needle there for us. Yeah. I think that's a great point too, because ultimately like even live in San Francisco here, if I go to Oakland, I'm a fish out of water and it's just over the bridge, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm looking, going to Yelp or going to Google, maybe asking a friend if I'm, I'm meeting them there, but you can kind of tap into those guides and, and a trusty source 
I'm personally looking forward to this this app update. So I'm 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 going to be pushing this out as soon as possible. So I'm going to motivate you, Lindsay, to push out this uh, app update as soon as possible, so the listeners aren't confused when th- this actually airs. I'll, I'll say that it'll be done. <laughs> it'll be done by the time you put this out. It, it, it probably will. Let, let's be honest. It, it probably will. Uh, if, if this recording it goes like the first two, yeah, it, uh, it'll definitely be, be live before that. This was actually one element that I wanted to kind of touch on uh, with you, Kirk. Obviously, when we first chatted, talked through the, the experience of kind of being an entrepreneur, leaving the, the corporate grind of the Crown Corporations and the, the Saskatchewan market. A couple years into this journey now, is it lived up to expectations? Is it what you thought it would be? Um, how's kind of the overall kind of startup uh, life cycle that you're on currently meeting your expectations when you first started Krugo? Yeah, you know, it's it's always, uh, it was my first kind of full-time entrepreneurial plunge. So, you know, it was, it was scary, scary to do. But, um, you know, I think in the early days we were just, so fired up about the the concept and we like Lindsay said we both we both lived the problem that we were trying to solve and and we knew that you know something that we could dedicate a lot of time and energy to work on and you know i think that fueled us in the early days um you know there's something pretty exhilarating about creating something and putting it out into the into the world i think there's a lot, there's kind of a bit of a honeymoon period for sure that those first kind of six months, 12 months, they're, they're easier. Um, you're pretty, you know, it's, it's really easy to go really hard and put in a lot of hours. Um, I kind of, I kind of liken it to the baseball season a little bit, like the dog days of the entrepreneurship. I feel like, you know, we, we've been kind of going through that maybe for the last year or so. Um, once you get into it, you know, you release the product and you realize it's not build it and they will come. That does not happen. Um, and, you know, the, the product that we were so proud of and we had worked so hard to, to create and to release maybe wasn't wasn't quite what it needed to be. And we learned a lot from early users. And uh, but, you know, it is a, it is a long journey and it can be, you know, it can be kind of exhausting. But I think what what gives me energy kind of, you know, coming out of the, these dog days, if you will, is that you know, the team that we've built and the people that we get to work with, it's a really resilient team. Um, it's a really good group of people. And I think that was, there was no time when that was more clear than during Krugel Fest when, uh, as you said, everyone's other duties as assigned clauses were really being pushed to the limits. Um, uh, but, I, you know, I can't imagine a, a team I would have rather, you know, done that with and a team who would, um, would have had my back as much as our team did. Um, I think, it's safe to say that I, I got us in, a, I, got, I signed us up for a pretty big initiative, a pretty big endeavor, perhaps without everyone else knowing that. <laughs> um, so, you know, that could have, could have went really poorly. Um, but I think because of the people that we work with, um, it didn't. And we turned it into something that was really special and that we'll remember for a really long time. So um, it's, I think it's those, that, that opportunity as an entrepreneur to, you know, find other people that you work well with together and, and, and then go at it uh, as a team is, is, is really kind of special. I'm sure there were moments early on where Lindsay and the rest of the group is looking at you like, what, what are you doing here with the, this concept? But you, you are the fearless leader. You've, uh, you, you've brought them through uh, many other endeavors there were a few moments prior to the, the first show where I didn't, I didn't come off as, as fearless as you've described. Fearless probably wouldn't be the way to describe my mental state and, uh, you know, seven days out of show number one. 
I was supposed to be the calm one at times just to like help Kirk's mental state. And then he told me a few things that even like internally made me have a little freak out, but I had to pretend like it was fine. So, you know, a, a case in point, the entrepreneurial, uh, you know, experience, uh, when, when you plan a festival, I think in a lot of, we're not promoters. We don't necessarily have a lot of operational cash for some of the upfront expenses that you incur when you do a thing like a music festival, you know, paying artist deposits, you know, in this case, booking the venue and all the hotel rooms. So, you know, we were, we were out a lot of financial liabilities and, and some of those were reflected on Lindsay's personal line of credit. So, you know, talk about the entrepreneurial risk and, uh, um, you know, uh, what that experience is like, but I'm happy to say that we got all that money paid back just, just the other day. So, crisis averted great taking one for the team you know just showing his, his customer sales rep chops once again lindsey isaac i'll tell you one of those internal freakouts was when he told me that potential for <laughs> potential money loss was a little bit of a shock <laughs> for the guy who had it all on his line of credit this is why i like doing the podcast because you uncover parts of the story that i wouldn't have seen on uh, on instagram and in your social channels there's obviously risks involved and uh, some sleepless nights. So I'm glad. Hopefully you're sleeping well now, both of you, and, and now with Lindsay with a, a full bank account once again. Yeah, foolish. <laughs> We've been chatting here for a while. There's still an elephant in the room that I wanted to, to bring up. Now, um, you see Regina, it's, it's not a small town, but you generally run into people you know through various activities. And uh, one of these two guests was actually a fierce rival of mine uh, on the basketball court during my prime years of high school basketball, as I've shared on the podcast before. High school is when I peaked uh, my athletic prowess, and uh, I was proud during those high school years, the the Belfer Collegiate uh, basketball team. We were the Chicago Bulls. They, they didn't, unfortunately, make a Last Dance documentary about us, even though I, I would have loved that, uh, having a camera around, but when I was, was on the court, one of the fiercest rivals was the, this one team, the O'Neill Titans, uh, led by the Giannis Antetokounmpo of the team. I'm, I'm leading it here because he was a force on the court. We shared a lot of battles during those four years. So, Lindsay, you know, I think it's time to bring it up on the pod, hopefully bury any lingering animosity that, uh, that may have existed back in our high school days and kind of shed light on those, those glory basketball years. Can I just ask you real quick, who who do you think you would be in the uh, in the Belfer Last Dance documentary? Can you give the, the comp? Absolutely. Steve Kerr. <laughs> I, I would have uh, definitely had my nose punched uh, by the Michael Jordan of our team, uh, whether it be Paul Schubach or, uh, or Lance Alcorn. But uh, Steve Kerr. I made threes. I played a little bit of defense, but for the most part, got made fun of. I actually just saw Lance the other day. He's doing well. Um, but yeah, yeah, those, that was, um, I know you're bringing this up because uh, your team is always better. So whatever it is, what it is. Um, but it did help me immensely that I was a six foot two point guard and you were uh, not that tall. So at least like the personal matchups uh, slightly in my favor. 
Yes, during my high school years, I I, I peaked late. I was uh, I was about five foot four up until grade eleven. Uh, had a little bit of a growth spurt, but never was above six feet. Lindsey was always towering over me, um, and he was he was definitely always in my my shorts when it came to his defense. Uh, he he would take charges, and uh, it was really it was a it was a tough matchup for me. Definitely not one rubbing in or or whatnot. The city championship that we we did end up winning. Then I think looking back, you realize how much energy and like that was that was the be all and end all at that time for me like winning and losing those games was everything and i look back and it probably shouldn't have been but uh when you're in high school you don't know better i mean even us we we played against each other in high school that would be maybe twice a year in basketball but um that was really the only times we'd even really interact with each other come across each other but then university, we would run into each other, talk all the time. So like just those little moments, uh, just a few times a year playing, that obviously was enough for us to, to get along and become friends as we got older. So um, can't say it's all bad. I appreciate you are unlike Michael Jordan and you don't hold grudges. Um, so that that is, is definitely appreciated. And Lindsay's actually being modest because I, I definitely have uh, staged the, the conversation being basketball. Lindsay was actually a true like a five-tool athlete. He was actually a top-notch volleyball player uh, during that day. And let's just say the Belfort volleyball team, not one of the best uh, teams uh, in all of Regina ever. I think I remember beating you guys 25-3 to three in one set. I appreciate you missing your serve three times to give us those, uh, those three points. We can say that the beef is over, uh, that Lindsay and I have moved past any uh, grade 10, 11, 12 battles, um, and really just looking for the future now. It's good that we were able to clear the air. That was a long time ago now, man. It, it really was. Uh, I can't say it was just like five or 10 years ago. Like we're talking uh, multiple decades at this point. You've blossomed into a great career. Uh, I'm just sitting in a closet right now recording a podcast. So I think we, we've really uh, turned out quite well. So we, we've talked a little bit about the past. I think it's, it's time we talked a little about the present. Let's talk about the future. The future is always rosy and, and beautiful. Let's talk 2021, 2022. Um, hopefully, pandemic is near extinct soon. So let, let's pretend that it is. This question is for both of you. Like, what travel experience are you personally looking forward to plan once things are back to, I don't want to say normal, but back to the way that they had been previously? Um, and what, from a Krugo standpoint, are you most excited to support that travel experience? I guess for me, I'm always like, you know, I've kind of always had an interest in some of those like big North American marquee sporting events, like, you know, just right before the pandemic, I was at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, um, which is obviously a, you know, a, a must-see experience for any kind of golf fan. So that was really cool. Did that like literally right before the pandemic started. But I think another one I've always kind of had on my bucket list was the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see what the timeline on the return of some of that, you know, those large scale, you know, lots of people could be, you know, a longer a longer duration until we get back after some of those things and maybe some of those events might look a little bit different in the future than what they have in the past so i think it'll be interesting but i've always kind of i've had that one on my list but i'm, you know, I'm certainly just you know, kind of getting ready for it I, I would love to just have another tour of duty to quite 
quite honestly, anywhere or anything to kind of experience a, a new live sporting event that I, or, you know, team arena stadium that I hadn't been to. That's, you know, love doing that in cities, you know, wherever I'm traveling. And, you know, the fact that there hasn't been much of that and I don't have any of that kind of on the horizon. So that's, that's been a tough experience for me because I feel like, you know, my entire adult life, I've always had something on the calendar that was coming up in terms of a sports experience that I knew I was going to be able to check out. So, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting back to any of that. Lindsay? Yeah, well, I mean, right when, right before COVID hit, I was actually supposed to be coming down to your neck of the woods for a week or so. I got a buddy living down there. I was going to, I was going to let you know and, and meet up at some point, but that obviously got For a game washed. of one-on-one basketball. <laughs> to really determine who actually became better. Maybe that's what we need to do. So, I, I mean, I do, I've only been to California for, for one day. I was there for 24 hours. Um, but I, I, I would love to drive the Pacific Coast Highway at some point. I want to spend, tricky thing is I want to kind of do it over three, four weeks. I want to take my time because I would love to just stop and watch baseball all along the way um, and golf. But the unfortunate thing about that is uh, MLB decided to decimate the minor leagues, so I'm not even sure those will exist when the pandemic ends. Um, but that's an aside. Um, I guess tying it back to the uh, app and kind of going back to you know, the fact that we are the people who use this app. Um, we are actually, we don't currently support kind of road trips in the app right now where you can put in multiple cities and have the whole thing planned out that way. It's just one city right now. So we do have on our timeline here, adding in that ability to have a multiple city trip. So um, it would be kind of cool to do that trip and plan it all through Krugo where I can put pins down on every place that I'm going to stop in and watch those games and have it all in one big place. So um, that's kind of exciting to me to to know that I'm going to be building that with the hopes of then using it for my own uh, travels. Those both sound like amazing experiences to go on, Kirk, to the Kentucky Derby standpoint. I've got a great recipe for mint juleps that can uh, kind of get you ready for that. Well, I, I can send that to you after, but you, you said something interesting about these big scale events that they may not look like they did in the past, just in general. I think there's a lot of things that with COVID, there's some some things that will revert back to the mean, but others, I think it's a good time to question why was it like this and, and why was it situated like that? And I think these major events will look a little bit differently uh, in, in some regard. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what sticks and what doesn't. And Lindsay, for your, your road trip experience, I, I think the, the road trip in general, I've seen it significantly here in California that it's gotten a lot more steam knowing that flying will be one of the, the uh, things that more that people are taking a little bit further on in, in their timeline. But I love getting in a car right now and just driving somewhere because you feel energy of like getting outside your, your current bubble. Uh, so I, I feel the, the road trip experience, uh, if you can build that on your timeline, maybe push it out before this uh, podcast goes live too, would be even better. But uh, ultimately, like building that, that road trip experience, I think that will be the first iteration of what travel is next. Me personally, 2021, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, being able to to see more people and, and experience live sporting events, live concerts, really just seeing more than one or two people at in the backyard, six feet apart. I've got a good feeling that Krugo, regardless of where it goes, uh, will be at the the center 
piece of it because you've shown that you you can flex the muscle of putting together a music festival. I'm sure uh, if other curveballs are thrown, um, Kirk will at least be your fearless leader uh, through all of those. We always take swings. Yes, absolutely. So I've got I've got one final question for you both. That's the last question of the podcast. I I ask all my guests the, the same closing question. It it never fails to produce both thoughtful, provoking, and interesting answers, and also some terrible answers. But I, I will put, regardless of where you fall on that spectrum, if you were to give the LA faithful listening today one piece of advice, what would that be? And I'll start with Lindsay. Just like as a, as a developer um, who kind of worked at big businesses before and, and kind of just did that for a little bit, um, if you get a chance to work in a startup, uh, and you have the ability to do so if you know you don't have, I don't have a family or anything to take care of take that swing because it's uh, it's great it's it's scary at times and it's stressful and there's a lot of work but it's uh, it is I would say a million times better than working for a company that doesn't really care what your opinion is or really what your outputs are um, so yeah yeah if you, if you are in the industry and you want to get into startups or entrepreneurship uh give it a shot i like it kirk yeah you know i guess maybe like similar like lines for me but you know i think as somebody who kind of had a stable life and kind of chose a stable path for some of my some of my life some of my early career uh, i would say you know never underestimate what you have the ability to do um you know, I, I had no background in technology before we started this company and, and we're doing it. And, you know, I think we, we've learned a lot and we're getting better at what we do. We're not event promoters. That's not what our company did, does, but we took a swing at that and we learned along the way and we found some really great people to help us. So I think that's what I've learned a lot over the last couple of years in this business, whether it's, you know, our core business or whether it's other things that we've been involved in just kind of tangentially related to our core business. Um, you never know what kind of opportunities are out there if you start taking it, you know, if you're, if you change your default from no to changing your default to yes um, and figuring out, uh, you know, always take, always assuming you can do something and, and you can go for something and there is a way to get things done or they will, or that things will work out and they don't always, but I think if you take that mindset, um, you'd be surprised what kind of opportunities can come your way. What a motivating and inspiring way to end the podcast. Two great pieces of advice from two great individuals. Uh, Lindsay Kirk, appreciate the, the time today on the podcast. Uh, I feel we did it this time. We, we created the magic of the first two times and then even took it to the next level. So uh, I appreciate the, the, the candid convo and just being, being vulnerable. And ultimately, Lindsay, finally making amends for for what we did uh o'neill versus belfer and uh putting that safely under the rug for good now yeah it's it's about time we did that so yeah yeah thanks for thanks for having us on thank you to kirk thank you to Lindsay. thank you to krugo for uh for sponsoring today's podcast so for all of us on the luke sass experience the farewell tour is continuing we're almost at the last stop so take care talk soon and god bless